Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. Hello, everybody. I was I did not sing that as well as you, Samuel. <laughs> Um, I have my friend Samuel Broden from Honoring Childhood um, here on the podcast today. We're going to do some fun word association. But before we do, Samuel, yes, do you want to tell the Play-Based Learning Podcast listeners about yourself and where to find you? Yes, yes, yes. So, hello. <laughs> so much better than me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so my name is Samuel Broden, and I run Honoring Childhood out of Portland, Oregon, and we offer support and resources and training for parents and teachers and really anyone who works with or spends time with young children, um, and we're working towards opening our own program as well here in the Pacific Northwest, and you can follow along on Instagram at Honoring Childhood. That's where most of our stuff is happening on there. So check that out. You can also check out our website at honoringchildhood.org. Um, and like, send me messages and talk to me because that's like my favorite thing in the world is to like hear from people. So every time I ever mention like anything about the Instagram or website, I'm always like, please, please message me, please. Let's talk. Yeah, I love it. I do too. Um, I love to surprise people with like videos. Do you ever like when they DM you, do you ever like send back videos? Yes, I love that. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even just because I like to get I would like to get that, you know, and so I'm like, oh, that's exciting. It is exciting. It's like a present. Yes. All right. So we are going to do this is a two part podcast. Yes. The first part is here on the play based learning podcast. And the second part is happening over. Samuel, you didn't even tell him about your podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're over on my podcast, Embracing Childhood, which you can find anywhere. You could find it where you're listening right now. Exactly. And so we're going to do one part here and one part over there. So yeah. y'all have to listen to both of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I get to I get to put Samuel in the hot seat for this one. And then you can listen to me Ooh. in the hot seat over on his podcast. All right, so we're doing some word association, and so we each picked four words, and we don't know what they are, and so I'm going to just say a word, and then Samuel <laughs> is going to riff on that word and what he thinks about it and how that could relate to um, early childhood education, play-based learning, nature-based learning, kind of those are all of our wheelhouses, so yes. um are you I'm going to be interested to see if any of our words are the same. I know. Me too. Um, okay. Well, and the funny thing is, is we had like no parameters for this whatsoever. Mm -mm. So like you could have written down pizza. True. But. Um, I could have. 
You got up. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the first one? Yes. All right. The first word is trust. Oh. <laughs> See, you're already starting out with like such a that's already like better than all four of my oh, words put together stop. already. Stop. Um trust. Yeah, so I guess a lot of the work that I do and a lot of what I try to get other educators to understand is the idea of of trusting the children in their play and in their learning. And I think that that's something that can be, it can be a little bit easier to like say that you trust the children than to actually like show that you do. Um, so for me, it, it's all about I mean, with their play, for instance, like we need to trust them that they understand what they want to do and how they want to do it and trust them to make these mistakes and learn these natural consequences. Because mm-hmm. um, that's such a great way for them to learn. But if we don't give them that trust and we're telling them, oh no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. They're never gonna, they're never gonna learn that and they're never gonna really understand like why or or what is the best way to do something or what is the easiest, whatever it is that they're trying to figure out, they're not going to learn if we stop it because we don't have that trust with them. And when we give them that trust, it's also going to just really, really make them more confident in themselves and in what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in the things that they can't do yet, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot with the kids is, is changing that language that we, that we use with ourselves and with them. So when they're saying things to us, like whatever, they're trying to climb a tree outside and they can't do it. And they're like, Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm always like, no, 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 you can't do it yet. Cause like when we shift that language, it, it, it gives them an idea of like, okay, that's okay if I can't do something because there's always something that we are not gonna be able to do yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but by just trusting their abilities and trusting that they know what they're thinking and they know what they're feeling and just being there to kind of guide them through that, I think is the most important thing because if we can't, we want the children to trust us yeah. And we should be doing the same for them, you know? And so when it comes to us deciding like what to do in the classroom, like most of the time it should be from what the children are wanting and we should be allowing them, you know, that trust. So when they're playing, we trust them to understand these things and they trust us to be there for them when they need some support. Um, when it comes to things that they want to learn, we need to trust them that they they have ideas and they have things that they want to know more about. And it's our job to kind of listen and observe that and, and work that into what we do with them during the day, as opposed to us just being like, okay, well, it says that we're supposed to be learning about dinosaurs this week. So I don't really care if you want to learn about trees this week, because that's not till three weeks from now or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that's a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp because I feel like people are always afraid of, they're afraid of children not learning what they're supposed to learn. They're afraid of children getting hurt or, you know, injuring themselves or any of these types of things that we might see when we allow the trust, when we allow trust to have us to have trust in the children. Yeah. Um, so like when it comes to things like risky play and stuff, like everyone might be afraid of doing anything like that because they don't want the children to get hurt. 
which is understandable, but we also need to trust them and let them explore and let them take these risks that are important for their development. And whatever happens, you know, if they get hurt or something, that's something that we can deal with in a way of like, okay, what happened? Like, I wonder why you got hurt. Like, was that too high or should you climb a different way? Or do you want to try again? Cause maybe they don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's all about just, just giving that to them and giving them that space and that trust to just be who they are and do what they want to do and just take our position as just a, a support as opposed yes. to like forcing them to do certain things because we're afraid of it. Definitely. I, you word things like so eloquently and I sit oh here gosh. and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like I do. I, honestly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I really just feel like I ramble most of the time and maybe half of the stuff comes out like sounding really good. Oh my gosh. No. Okay. So I, it all comes down to, we can say we trust the children, but we, we need to show the children we trust them and trust them in their learning. And I truly believe that children are completely capable of like guiding their own learning. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just like you said, and we're there as a support person along the way. Um, yeah. I've seen it in my son who is seven, who uh, did not go. He, we homeschooled for kindergarten last year. We mm-hmm. tried first grade this year. We're not quite <laughs> sure if it's working out yet. Um, he's home today, if that says anything, because it's been <laughs> the transition from, uh, play-based his whole life to mm-hmm. a traditional school setting has totally. been so difficult. So, um, we trusted him with his learning mm-hmm. all last year and we didn't push reading because he wasn't ready to read. We didn't yep. push a lot of writing because he wasn't ready to write. And mm-hmm. the kid is doing third grade math because we spent, we trusted his brain and what he needed Mm -hmm. and what he was interested in. And he like can add four big, like four, four digit numbers or more together. Wow. I know it's, it's really cool. Can I even do that? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Right. And he, um, he just started reading this like in the past couple days and he Mm -hmm. is like, was able to instantly put sounds together and like starts sounding out words and he has these little like reader books, Bob books. Yeah. And he is showing us that he's ready now and he's excited mm-hmm. about it. So like that is trusting. And totally. To lead their and yeah, that's a huge shock for him to go from that to the traditional idea of schooling mm-hmm. where it's like, you need to learn this now. You need to learn this now. And for me, it's always about, Cause there's, you'll, you get that a lot of times with parents, especially, you know, when they're just like, no, my, my kid needs to know all these things. Right. They need to know all these things. Right. And I'm like, he, I'm like, they're going to do all of that. But if they can't have this like base foundation of like, I trust myself, I know myself, I'm confident. I know that I'm in a safe space. I know, you know, all these sort of um, more social and emotional aspects of, of life, they're not going to be able to do any of that, you know? And they're going to learn all those things, you know, they're going to learn their letters and they're going to learn to write and they're going to learn to read and they're going to do all these things. But if they do it on their own time and when they feel they're ready, it's going to be so much more positive than if 
I was like, oh my God, you're five. All right, time to read. Right. So that's all we're doing, right? It's it's really not fair to them at all and not fair to us actually, because we're we're working so hard to force something that isn't supposed to be there at this time, you know? Um, and that's just, I mean, that's a whole issue with education in, in, in general, which is like a whole other conversation, but it starts here. You know, it yeah. starts with these young children that we're working with and also not being, not being afraid to take that stand and not being like afraid to be that advocate when, you know, other people that you're working around or other people that you know are saying that the children need to be doing a certain thing and they need to be doing this and having the courage to kind of stand up and be like, no, this is, this is what I believe is right. And this is why, and this is what I'm doing. And this is why, because the children, they don't, they don't have that ability to, to speak up like that for themselves. And so I think that that's a huge part of our job that sometimes we forget about, or sometimes we're a little too scared to take on, but I mean, coming into this field, you're kind of accepting that, that position as like an advocate for the children who can't really advocate for themselves and also working to teach them to advocate for themselves, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that's the most important thing. And I always say like, you know, I have these kids who are in pre-K or kindergarten and, you know, you have them for such a small amount of time. And then you're like, man, I really, I really hope that when they leave, they kind of keep some of these things. And honestly, if, if I heard that one of my students was like in elementary school and they were like, um, like speaking up for themselves with the teacher and maybe the teacher didn't really care for that because you know they're a little mouthy or whatever like I'd be like I did my job Mm -hmm. because that makes me happy because you 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 should feel okay standing up for the things that you believe in and no matter who you're standing up to you know yeah Um, yeah and they need to I mean, there almost has to be somewhat of an aspect of trust there too, for somebody to be able to stand up and say, this is, this is what I think, or this Mm -hmm. is, you know, how I learn or, you know, so I think trust, I think that kind of going back to like my experience that we're experiencing right now with just putting our kiddo in a traditional Mm -hmm. school setting is that those teachers don't have time to create that trust right off the bat because they feel so much pressure to just like Mm -hmm. start with academics that there's not a lot of time for them really to get to know each student at all, which is so sad because if you, if you think about it, they are raising my child Mm -hmm. for seven hours a day and you hardly know him and he hardly knows you. And that kind of Mm -hmm. breaks my heart. It's, it's definitely a, a, a larger problem that really needs to kind of be figured out. But again, it really, it starts with us as well too, you know, and us being advocates for the children and us being advocates for this type of learning and, and being able to speak to, you know, all kinds of people in education to, to take these ideas from early childhood and bridge all those things, you know, to elementary age children. Cause they're all still children. Like yes. they're all still learning about themselves and learning about how they fit in with the world around them and their community and all these sorts of things. And so definitely um, there's definitely a huge disconnect. I feel like between um, 
that idea of children trusting themselves and knowing that people trust them and knowing that they have a safe space, you know, like, I just don't really feel like that's available as much as it should be. Right. Um, And that's, that's, that's why we do what we do, you know? Yeah. Okay. You ready for the next word? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Okay. No, now it's going to be another, you're going to give me another super like amazing, amazing word. I know. Okay. I don't know if it will be. Prepping myself. Um, the word is forest. <laughs> now, you already know we love a forest. I know. So do I. Oh, my goodness. Um, when I hear the word forest, I think about that's always been like the goal of mine is I I want a program where the children are in the forest when they're in the woods they're in nature like the whole time um and when I was working with my last group of kindergartners that's what we basically were and we spent the majority of our time in the forest and it was really really amazing just to see because I feel like a lot of people are like oh my god the kids are outside all day long like that's super boring like they're gonna get super dirty they're gonna whatever they think about right Mm -hmm. but I'm like you we don't think of things anymore from the the viewpoint of a child. You know, we think of things from like the viewpoint of an adult where we're like, oh God, I don't want to go yeah. outside all day or whatever yeah. it is. But if you look at it from the eyes of a child and you go into a forest, it's like, there's millions of things that you can do and create. And it's really just a great opportunity for them to really just have that free play and that free time with each other where they can connect with each other but then also where they can connect with nature which I think is like a really huge piece of of what we should be you know teaching these children and and showing them um and so just giving them that time like all right we're going to the forest or we're going to be in the forest today and just you know we talk about whatever sort of boundaries or agreements we want to come up with in the forest you know to make sure that we're safe or whatever like there was a creek in our forest and they used to love to go down there to like they would like fish in it yeah and it was like super cute and stuff and I'm like okay you guys just make sure that you stay where the ground is like don't go into the water you know I'm like Mr. Samuel can't swim so if you jump in there it's you're on your own (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but you know we talk about those sorts of things and we talk about you know how are we going to be safe and you know we kind of all agree on that and and I let them go. And then, you know, we also, it also opens up that conversation of like what it means to be respectful of the earth and what it means to be respectful of nature and what nature can give us. And, you know, that whole kind of um, holistic idea of, of our connection with the earth and stuff, which is really, really important for them. And so, you know, we'd have lots of conversations about like, you know, if you, if you want to collect things from the forest, we want to make sure that we're collecting things that, you know, are not attached to anything, you know, we're not ripping anything off. Um, The bugs was a big thing, like bugs, you know, they love bugs. And so they always want to like collect these bugs and they'd come up to me and they'd have like eight roly polies in their pocket and they'd all be like dead or whatever. Right. Cause they're like sitting in a pocket all day. <laughs> and so we'd have like a conversation about it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you guys understand that, you know, when you take these bugs from, the forest or wherever you're taking them from like this is their home and so you're taking them somewhere where they where they don't know how to survive and you don't really know you know what they need and so we had a whole conversation about that about you know we can look at them and we can observe them and stuff and 
you know, if you want to bring some sort of bug into the classroom, like the first thing we need to do is like, we need to research what we need to make sure that this bug yep. can stay alive. And, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, because I think it's such a great way to teach that respect for living things like early, early on, you know, because I feel like there is not a respect for living things right now. And like the generation of adults, you know, there's not a respect for living things that are human and there's not a respect yeah. for living things that are not. And I think that just showing the children that we're kind of all together, we're all one, you know, all of, you know, all of us, all of nature, like we're all connected to each other and every piece of it is important. Yeah. Um, is one of the is one of my favorite things to teach them in the forest and obviously one of their favorite things to learn about in the forest is you know how they can climb the highest thing and fight with every stick and yeah. you know all all those sorts of things which is which is really really awesome to to see them do as well and so it's it's just such a free and open space for them to just discover like so much yes really without my interaction at all like usually well, actually all the time, like I, I will never put myself into what they're doing unless they've asked me to do something with them. Yes. Um, I really just kind of sit back and watch them do stuff. Like I'll do stuff on my own. Like if I want to go and look at this tree or I want to go climb this thing or whatever, like I'll do that myself and they join me if they want to or whatever. And I think that's important too, because it shows them that, no, I'm interested in things out here too. And this is what I want to do. And you can do what you want to do. And if we want to do the things together, we can, but we don't have to, you know? Um, and so I think that, I mean, that goes back to the trust too, like, like trusting the children to be in a outdoor environment, forest environment, whatever, without your interruption, mm -hmm. you know, in, in what they're doing um, and just kind of watching it. And so like for our classroom, we had three basic agreements for everything that we did being kind to ourselves and being kind to others and being kind to nature. And that was it. And so I basically would tell them like, if y'all are doing all these things, then I don't care what else you do, right? You can make your own decisions and all your decisions are going to have consequences and not every consequence is bad. And you know, all these sorts of things. Yeah. And so when we're in the forest, like that's really what, what, what we're thinking about. And I hear the children say it to each other too, like, Ooh, I don't know if you're being kind to nature by doing that. Or I don't know if you're being kind, you're not being kind to me or whatever it is. Um, and so kind of building that with them as well, before we, before we even go out and kind of adventure in that area, um, is something super important because I don't want it to be like, don't go over there. You can't go on that. Don't do that. Well, then why are we out here then? Because I'm really right. just telling them to not do all the things that look the most fun to do. Right. Yeah. So it's really just about kind of setting those, those basic ideas of like, just make sure you're being kind, just make sure you're being respectful to nature and all these things. And then just, just let them go, man. Like just, you know, I, I would have them, you know, sometimes like take, take your shoes off if you want to, like, let's run barefoot, like connect with all these things, you know, and just, and just let them go. And, and if you just let them go, the things that you will, the things that you will hear and the things that you will see them doing and talking about and bringing back are going to be like, astronomically more interesting and cool than anything that you could have yes. done with them, like mm -hmm. inside at the table or whatever. Yes. Yes. Oh I love God. the forest. <laughs> we have so many, we've had so many amazing forest school adventures and um, 
one of my favorite things is that we have this place that we love to go to. We call it the hole because it's the foundation of a really old farmhouse, like 1800s. Mm. It must have been the cellar. Um, so there's like foundation still left over. And then the cellar is the hole. Mm. And we stumbled upon it one day and there's like, even, um, we found like rusty old kettles and everything in That's so the, cool. like kind of buried under all of yeah. the decaying logs and things that have fallen in there. And that has become like, that's one of my favorite things about forest school is that the spaces that the children find that we stumble across, they were never there. Like we never as an adult said, Hey, let's go find the, I don't know, this old abandoned house. It was something yeah. we stumbled across and then we couldn't drag the kids away from it. And mm -hmm. it has become such a part of our forest school culture. And um, there's another place that we love too. And it's called the mushroom forest. And it's oh. this magical forest that we happened upon and it's all red and white pines and there's like no underbrush. So it's all mm. just pine needles all over the floor and like they can just run and it's the most magical. It's the most magical place. Um, I was going to tell you, as you were talking about the bugs thing, two things. Yes. Um, one is there's a book called bog baby. That is one of my favorite stories to read. One of the first days mm. when we bring kids out to the forest, um, because it talks about them finding this little bog baby and they collect the bog baby and they put it in a bucket and they bring it home and they hide it at home from their mom. And then the bog baby starts to get sick because all they're feeding it is cake. And, um, it just talks about how like the bog baby can't live in the bucket right. cake because that's not where it's from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's a fantastic read aloud that we love to do. And then the second thing I was going to tell you, what did it have to do with? <laughs> oh, as you were talking about putting bugs in the pocket. Yes. Just an hour ago, I was down <laughs> here and my son Knox, who's not at school today. Um, he was, he started collecting. He found like a dead millipede because I'm in a basement and he found a dead millipede like in the carpet and he picked it up. He's like, I've never seen one like this color before. And it, then he found another one that was darker and he picked that one up and he had them in his hand. And all of a sudden he found this tiny, tiny little Ziploc bag. That's like, like maybe an inch and a half high. And he started putting, I'm trying to see if it's down here somewhere. He started putting all of the dead bugs in there. So he has a bag full of dead bugs somewhere. And nice. then he's like, mom, I learned how to do a zip on a Ziploc. It's like, great. Look at this that. Life amazing. skills all over the yeah. place. See? So we can do forest school things in my basement. Yes. <laughs> ah! yes. Okay. You ready for the last? I'm going to do three because we're. Okay. Yeah. We're. I don't even know how long it's been, but. Oh, God. I know. I use, my, my listeners are used to like half hour or less. So. Yeah, totally. Okay. So this wasn't on my list, but as you were oh. speaking, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to put this one on there. So, oh, see, that means it's going to be a good one. Body autonomy. Oh, that is a good one. Oh. Um, let's see. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind is what I always try to do with the children that I work with and what I try to encourage others to do is 
being open and honest with them. And there's no reason to sugarcoat anything Mm -hmm. that children are asking about or that the children are going through or that the children are wondering about. Um, And honestly, that starts with us being honest about ourselves and being open and being, you know, who we are in front of the children and letting them kind of see, see that, which is a whole other thing. Um, But yeah, everything that, especially like, okay, so I was with the kindergarten kids and there was a lot of, a lot of talk of body and body parts and who has what and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Right. And so that's one of those things I feel like that a lot of teachers can just really be like super freaked out by. Right. Because they're like, oh, my God, I can't talk about this. Oh, my God, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And for me, it's like, this is the space that we're supposed to be doing all those things in, you know. Mm -hmm. The children are coming here to to gain these life skills and to gain the support to better understand the things that are going on in their life. Um, Because, you know, I say this all the time, but it's like they've been here for like, what, 40 months in total, which is like insane. And there's all these things that they're not understanding about. And it's, it's very, it's, it doesn't have to be something that's super, super difficult or scary to talk about with them when they start talking about different body parts or, you know, why doesn't she have this or, you know, all these things. And we, um, I actually had a, um, a child in my class who um, identified as transgender. Mm -hmm. And so that was the whole conversation that we had, you know, we got some books about that and we kind of talked about, you know, these sorts of things. And it's, it's really about kind of thinking about in our head, what we want or what we wish the world was like now and thinking about how that could have happened and then doing those things with the children here now, you know? Um, So, you know, language is a huge part of that, you know, um, there's there's no reason I feel like for for children to have to learn you know weird strange names for their body parts instead of just calling what they are um so we talk freely about that because I feel like a lot of the work that we do at least for me it stems from like my own childhood and the things that I'm like saying to myself now like okay well if I have an issue with whatever right now as an adult, how could I have not had that issue? What could I have had as a child and what can I give to these children so that, you know, they don't feel the same way. So, you know, there's nothing scary or uncomfortable or taboo about talking about and learning about your body and, you know, the differences between bodies and all this sorts of, all this sort of stuff. And I feel like we just, again, it goes back to that idea of being, brave enough to to have these conversations with the children you know um to have conversations about different people and different bodies and you know what that means yeah. and just the fact of i mean and that goes into the whole gender thing as well about you know boy and girl and how you know we should be teaching these children that you know that really isn't all that there is and you don't have to feel like you have to be one or the, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff that I feel like um, I kind of get a lot of flack about like online when I talk about this kind of stuff. Um, But it's just so important because we want to make sure that we're giving children a space that they feel safe enough to 
discover who they are and become confident in who they are so that as they're growing, it doesn't take them, you know, well into their adulthood to be comfortable with their bodies and be comfortable with who they are on the inside. Um, Because that's such a difficult thing that a lot of us have gone through is just trying to be okay with the way that we look, okay with who we are on the inside as compared to what we look like on the outside, all those sorts of things, you know? And it's not just about, you know, body parts and being able to be like, no, call it a penis and call it a vagina. It's also about like, you know, the size that you are is okay. The way that you look is okay. Like all these things that we've been told our whole lives is not okay. Right. Um, we should be we should be squashing those types of conversations with these children so that they don't have those same kind of um, issues growing up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause it's just, it's, it's just very important to be able for us to be able to be open and honest with the children and to give them that kind of safe space. So whatever it is that they're wondering about or whatever it is that they're questioning or whatever it is, we need to make sure that they know that they can talk to us about anything and we can support them in the best way that we can and that they feel safe with those types of things, you know, cause I feel like there's such a stigma around all of that. Anything that has to do with your body, there's a stigma around it. And I don't understand why. And it really kind of messes a lot of us, a lot of us up. And yep. I would rather not have these children feel that same way. Yes. Amazing. I don't want them to feel the same way either. I think that there's so many adults in the world that like, we are just all still struggle with Mm -hmm. so many things when it comes to the body. But I will say this, I will say that I too struggled with talking with children about like having open, honest conversations. But once you start having those conversations and just do it, it gets easier and easier and easier. And pretty soon it's just a part of like, it's just a part of our family life. Now we don't, we don't sugarcoat anything anymore. And we talk Mm -hmm. about questions when they come up and we Mm -hmm. explain things when things need to be explained and it doesn't feel uncomfortable anymore. So it it does get better than that Mm -hmm. initial like, Oh, I don't know how to talk about this. You just talk. You just are honest. And I think part of being honest is, is if you're feeling that way, saying that to the kids, you know, like I, I'm a little bit uncomfortable talking about this because it's been something that's been uncomfortable for a while, but I'm really going to try to talk with you about it. Um, But I just want you to know that like, this is also a hard thing for me to talk about. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, it's okay. Cause so do I, but we can get through this together, all this kind of stuff. Um, Because I feel like, why not? Like, why are we not telling the children how we're feeling? Why are we not telling the children when we don't know something or when you know we're working through something or when we're feeling upset or all these feelings that we're having that we want the children to be okay with with them having but we can't even talk about it with them so that doesn't that doesn't really correlate with me and so oh yeah i i'm like super honest with the kids all the time and i'm always like like y'all i'm in a really bad mood today so i'm gonna really try to push through it with you guys or whatever right whatever happened like perry and i got in a fight whatever it is i told them all everything you know yeah and they're like oh and and it's so like cool to see when you like share those feelings with the kids and then like throughout the day they'll be like oh how are you feeling is everything okay with you and perry or what happened or are you feeling better i'm sorry that you know all these sorts of like empathetic uh things that come out and it's just like so 
wonderful to see. And it all just stems from this, you know, honest, being honest and being open. Oh, I love that. One thing that I have found with my seven-year-old, because, you know, I learned a lot of these things later on after having children, but my seven-year-old, he's my youngest. And I have found that he is one of the, well, he is the only child that I have that can name his feelings Mm. and verbalizes that. So, and and it's because I have done that with him, but also Mm -hmm. like done a lot of like modeling and letting him know that all feelings are okay. And it's okay to Mm -hmm. be nervous and it's okay to be sad. And all of these, you know, just all of these big emotions that a lot of times we try to just cover up or hide it from other people. Mm -hmm. And, um, he is very able to tell us right now, like why he is feeling uncomfortable at school. And, um, when he goes to bed at night, like why he's crying and what he's Mm -hmm. sad about and things like that. So, um, it does, it gets easier and it's really cool to see the change in children or the difference because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my oldest three don't really have that capability and, um, or are maybe aren't comfortable sharing their emotions because it hasn't always been part Mm -hmm. of our family culture. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're all still, still learning and growing. We're not all perfect. Are we? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But when you know better, you do better. Always. Always. Okay. We are going to head over to Samuel's podcast now. He is going to give me three words. So if you want to hear those Mm -hmm. honoring no, it's embracing childhood. Embracing childhood. Embracing childhood is the name of his podcast. And so you can type that into any podcast, whatever, and mm-hmm. host. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wherever it. you're listening right now, just yeah. search it there. Cause yeah. embracing childhood. <laughs> and we're gonna finish this finish this conversation with his words for me over there. Yay. All right. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.